Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Stories in the Dark. This is Gabrielle, and I've got a treat for you this week. We actually have a listener-submitted story. It's called Jess, and it is creepy just like we like it. It's kind of fun because it is very on brand for us this season. It is absolutely in keeping with our demonic theme. So I can't wait to share it with you guys. The listener who submitted it is named May Chin, and I loved reading May's work. It's just as creepy as the things we like to talk about here. It's stories in the dark. Tell us how you liked this story and let us know if you'd be interested in more listener-written content. And if you'd like, you can even send us a story yourself if you think it's creepy enough. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We post updates. We post news. Sometimes we post random videos and other things to let you know what we're up to. So if you want to know what we're up to, go ahead and follow us. But not in a creepy way, because that's our job. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you want to watch us record, we're actually posting these up on YouTube. So you can see a video of me recording the creepy stories. And you can see the parts where I start to get freaked out. Also, one quick note. When I was actually narrating this story, I kept switching between Ms. and Mrs. That was me. Don't blame the author. May actually wrote Ms. in the story. And for some reason, I just kept going back and forth. So, yep. Blame your host is here, but not the writer. Are you ready for story time? It was a warm night for the middle of winter. The sun had set early, and if there had been no clouds, one could have looked up and seen the moon waxing full that evening. It had been drizzling earlier, and then it began to pour until it finally came to a sudden stop. A girl was out walking in this rain. She walked on as it poured and walked on as it stopped. She even walked on as the clouds began to part and the moon peeked out from behind them. The girl was not prepared for the weather. Her boots were not rain boots and her jacket was not warm, but she continued down each street and alley and walkway nonetheless. If a perceptive eye were watching that night, one might have noticed that the girl seemed on edge, but then one would easily chalk that up to her being a girl walking alone on a dim evening. One may even have considered offering her a coat or even a warm thing to drink, but one would not consider this for long. No, something about her screamed, keep away, 
And that's what everyone did. Eventually, the girl arrived at her destination. Apartment building seven, room number 160. The girl stepped up to the door and rang the buzzer. Time passed slowly as she waited expectantly. She watched a spider make its way across a carefully woven web in one corner of the door. It was creeping slowly towards a large fly caught in the web. At long last, the door opened, and a woman who appeared to be in her late thirties tentatively peeked out. Before the woman could say a word, the girl spoke for the first time that night. Mrs. Wynne? Mrs. Wynne it was. And Mrs. Wynne recognized this girl. There is something so familiar just beyond her grasp. But how could she recognize this girl? She wasn't more than 19. She had no idea where she'd seen her before. Yes, she responded hesitantly. Mrs. Wynne was a very hesitant lady. The girl also hesitated though Mrs. Wynne had the feeling this was not normally a hesitant girl. You gave up a little girl for adoption 19 years ago. You are my mother. The girl stood, waiting for a response. It took Mrs. Wynne a moment to process what she'd said. She shook off the mental cobwebs and forced herself to understand the simple statement. It's little wonder the girl looks familiar, she thought. She examined the girl. The girl was much shorter than Mrs. Wynne had been at that age. Skinnier, too. And yet, the girl was much prettier than Mrs. Wynne had ever been. At least, that's what Mrs. Wynne thought. Oh, she said finally. She looked away from the girl, embarrassed for staring. Come inside? She said it like a question. The girl stepped in. The apartment was dim. Toys littered the floor. White blocks were set up in a row from big to small, reminding the girl of a human spine. A doll lay on the floor by a chair, like it had fallen asleep and slipped down to rest on the ground. The girl studied the room. She seemed unbothered by her wet clothes. Let me make you some hot chocolate, offered Mrs. Wen. She led the girl to the table, pulled out a chair for her to sit and started gathering ingredients for the hot cocoa. She had expected this day might come, or she thought she had. Now that it was here, she was very unprepared. She had a son, a toddler. He was with his father at the moment, probably already asleep, safe in his bed.
She no longer thought about the little girl she had given up so many years ago. Silence settled and Mrs. Nguyen prepared the hot cocoa until she realized she needed to say something to the child. She had a question, but was unsure how to ask. How is one supposed to speak to their estranged daughter? Were you ever adopted? She inquired at last. I was, when I was two months old. Mrs. Wynne felt so uncomfortable with the situation, she had to force her smile. I'm so glad to hear that. Mom died when I was six, the girl continued. Mrs. Wynne opened her mouth, wanting to apologize, but the girl went on. It didn't take Dad long before he started doing to me what he had done to my mom. I hated it just as much as she did. Her voice was lazy and disinterested. Her fingers tapped on the table. She looked up at Mrs. Wynne and gave a small smile at the horrified look on her face. Didn't you realize that was a possibility when you gave up a child? That you might be giving her up to a predator? Or did you think you'd be somehow worse? Apparently not. She swept her eyes around the room, the high chair, the sippy cups, the little glass containers filled with assorted mashed food. He took me out of school sometimes, at lunch, just for a quick one, and then he'd sign me back in, and we'd pretend we'd had a nice lunch out. This time, she did not look up at Mrs. Wynne, just continued drumming her fingers. All my friends were jealous, she muttered, her voice turning vicious. They wished their dads would take them out of school. The microwave beeped. Mrs. Wynne had forgotten about the hot chocolate. The girl ignored it. Eventually, he didn't see any point in me having a bedroom to myself. I never used it anyways, so he got rid of it. Made himself a nice little man cave. Mrs. Wynne was at a loss for words. She was so disgusted she thought she might vomit. I'm so... What was it you thought you couldn't provide for me? Happiness? Safety? Just couldn't afford a child? Or didn't want one? Not yet, anyways? I... <laughs> Suddenly there was a loud thump and the sound of splintering wood as a knife stabbed down into the table. Mrs. Wynne jumped back, startled. It had happened so fast she almost didn't realize it was the girl who had done it. He used to threaten me with a knife, 
said he'd gut me open if I told anyone or resisted. She stood up suddenly. I found out he wasn't lying. She raised her jacket and shirt to show a wide scar across her hip. Mrs. Wynne had to peel her eyes away from the knife to look at the scar. The girl let go of the jacket and it slipped back down. Mrs. Wynne's gaze drifted back to the knife in her table. Look at me, the girl suddenly screamed. Mrs. Wynne jumped again and looked the girl in the eyes this time. The girl calmed quickly. My name's Jess, by the way. Thanks for asking. Jess, why did that sound familiar? She hadn't named the child she'd given up. Mrs. Wynne had the urge to look at the knife again, but she didn't want to upset the girl. Jess. Jess, the girl from the news. Years ago. Mrs. Wynne hadn't recognized her as her daughter. How could she? In fact, the two looked nothing alike. She'd been on the news for weeks. What was it that she'd done? The girl continued. Eventually, I got tired of it. Really tired. So one night, I took his knife. I took it and I slit his throat. I doubt he felt a thing. It was so quick. He deserved worse. But I'm not going to make that mistake again. She smiled broadly at Mrs. Wynne. Mrs. Wynne was shaking. Who had she just invited into her house? The girl pulled the knife out from the table easily. I've waited four years to finally meet you, Mom. It's been a pleasure. She began walking towards her. Mrs. Wynne backed away. The girl's smile suddenly looked cruel and perverse. Mrs. Wynne looked around the room for something she could use to defend herself. Anything. She didn't want to hurt the girl, but she was aware the girl could easily overpower her. She was small but well-built and had the body of a very young person. Mrs. Wynne was not old, but she was no longer young. I... I was so young when I had you, she stumbled out. The girl laughed and lunged forward. She was not close enough to cut Mrs. Wynne, but she got a scream from her. She liked the screaming. Suddenly, Mrs. Wynne remembered her cell phone. Her shaking hand seized it out of her pocket as she continued to back up out of the kitchen. The girl kept smiling. Go ahead, she said. I'll have to speed up the process a little bit, but I don't plan on getting away. You'll save me the effort of having to find a place to stay the night until they find me. Mrs. Wynne tried to dial 911 without looking away from the girl, but her fumbling fingers couldn't get the phone to work. 
Jess rushed at Mrs. Wynne. The girl was fast. By the time Miss Wynne turned to run, the girl was upon her. The girl tackled the woman to the floor, and the phone slid across the room. The girl straddled Mrs. Wynne and held the knife above her. Miss Wynne began to cry. She had no choice. It's going to be slow, the girl said, almost to herself. Her eyes were closed, taking in the moment. Mrs. Wynne couldn't stop it. Her arms grew long, and her legs moved oddly as if they had extra joints. They became thinner and darker, hairier. She closed her eyes as her vision blurred. Four long black legs burst from her sides. When she opened her eyes, the girl had dropped the knife. It was her turn to scream. The thing that was no longer Mrs. Wynne stretched its new legs, enjoying its natural form, and paused to revel in the girl's terror just for a moment. She then began to wrap the girl in her silk, pinning her to the floor, carefully avoiding the girl's arms and legs. She could use those later. The girl stopped screaming. She had passed out from fear. Well, that was no fun. The thing that was no longer Miss Wynne bent the girl's arm back and back and back until the searing pain woke her. She cried out and the thing continued until the arm fell out of its socket with a snap. It enjoyed this, and so it worked on the other arm. Snap, the elbows. Snap, the legs. Snap, the kneecaps. Snap. Each time the girl passed out, it spat in her face a hot, sticky substance. It was enough to keep her awake until the very end. How disappointing, it thought. But it could not wait any longer. It devoured the girl, starting from the toes and working its way up her torso, past the torso, to each arm, and up to her neck. It stopped itself there. What a nice trophy a head makes. <laughs> <laughs>